Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> would have been a game six between the... Lakers and the Nuggets, but the Lakers were unable to win a game. You get swept, season's over, so that's why we have our full show tonight and no NBA obligations that we would have to be going to in about a half an hour from now. But we do have a game number six in the Eastern Conference side of things as the Heat and Celtics will do it again tomorrow night from down in South Beach. Joining us now to talk a little hoops is our good buddy. You know him well from Underdog Fantasy. He is my pal... Rob Perez, a.k.a. Worldwide Wob. It is a pleasure, it is a privilege to be joined by you, sir. How the heck are you? I was looking forward to that nine-day vacation, to be honest with you. I kind of needed that after a long season. And you know what? The Boston Celtics decided to make a series of this. They could have just laid down, let us all enjoy our Memorial Day weekends. But no, here we are. And you know the way the universe works. This is yeah. going seven just because of that thought. Probably. Well, let me ask you a question, though. As somebody who is, you know, prob- is married to the game in a way, um, what would you have done during nine days off? It's not like you do things. I, you know what? I'll cross that bridge when I get there. I just want to have the option to maybe be bored for once, but I uh, just would not be allowed. There's, there's a lot of time. There's usually not a lot, but some time between the conference finals ending and the finals, and then there's usually three days between games. And then you get to the summer, and it just, you know, you don't really get time off covering the league until after summer league, so the end of July. It's usually when the, the trades calm down, the draft, summer league, Wembenyama, and then the World Cup picks up uh, towards the end of August. And it's believed to be pretty much all the A-listers are going to be playing this year, so not really a whole bunch, my friend. I know that. It is a cycle, and and again, it's something you enjoy here. But, yeah, you get at least a little bit of a reprieve on the off nights because we don't have any Western Conference games. Let's leave the playoffs and the the remaining games here uh, for a little bit later on. Let me ask you first and foremost, because I'm sure a lot of people here in this city, which is, you know, your your city of birth, um, what do you think about the Knickerbockers and the season that they had? I mean, if I would have told you back in October that the Knicks would make the playoffs, they'd win a round, They'd make it within two wins of the Eastern Conference Finals. And, oh, by the way, Jalen Brunson establishing himself as one of the premier playmakers in all the NBA. I think you would have probably signed up for that, no? Yeah, let me tell you, from start to finish, it was the highest of highs and the lowest of lows with hardly any in between. I think they had an eight-game winning streak followed by, what was it, a seven-game losing streak right after it. And when they lose, the Knicks just don't lose. I mean, they lose-lose, and they lose on national television. They blow leads. It's down the stretch. It's dramatic. It's anxiety-filled, and that's just during the regular season. So, you know, my, me coming into it, I had them as a play-in tournament team that would get a first-round appearance. And I guess, ultimately, they didn't really end up that far away. I'd say a little bit above that bar, but winning a first-round series against the Cleveland Cavaliers against Donovan Mitchell was, you know, a pleasant surprise. And you figure you're playing the eighth seed in the second round with the history that the Heat and the Knicks have. 
all of a sudden it's starting to feel like 99 pretty quickly. And then my cautious optimism gets blinded, like uh, having too many drinks at the bar. And then you just fall back in love with, you know, what got you into the mix in the first place. I know for the both of us, that's Starks, Xavier McDaniel, Patrick mm-hmm. doing 90s Knicks, you know, for, for new age new age fans, there's certainly not a lot to cling on to. So, you know, that's why they're in the street doing the bing bong thing. And I guess that's just a very long-winded way of getting to the point, which was I was pleasantly surprised. I would have liked to win that series, but by the end of it, I didn't lose a minute of sleep. I, I feel like we really emptied the clip against the Miami Heat, Jalen Brunson's 48-minute performance. I don't really know what else this team could have done to win that series. I thought they brought it effort-wise. Now are they constricted? Do they have their flaws? Absolutely. But, man, I, I just don't know what, like, what more we could have asked with what we have currently. And that's why there's an NBA offseason is you can go address those type of things. And I remember you and I, right at the beginning of the season, we sat down and we recorded one of these little preview type of things for the season. And I think we gave our like best case scenarios and, you know, what has to happen for them to be successful. And I think that you outlined it pretty well, right? I mean, you have to be pleasantly surprised with everything that was accomplished here. And, you know, Brunson, it was the worst kept secret in the league last summer that he was going to be a Nick. And, Generally speaking, when things are supposed to go one direction towards the Knicks, like historically, it doesn't work out in their favor, right? Like something always goes wrong. But this one, it worked out even better than anybody could have imagined. And generally speaking, you don't associate the Knicks with those things. What is the ceiling for Brunson and his time with this team? And it's like in in one year, it has become his club, hands down. While we're on the topic of being pleasantly surprised, I mean, how can you not be Jalen Brunson, considering the amount of money he makes, by the way? I know the Knicks had to clear some cap space for him over the summer. I'll get to that in just a second. But considering what he's making and that his salary decreases as opposed to most NBA players where it goes up, every year that goes by, it's going to get cheaper and cheaper. It's all of a sudden turning into one of the best contracts in the NBA. Also considering that the collective bargaining agreement is going to jack the salary cap up here in the very near future. So his percentage of the salary cap equity pie is going to be significantly lower compared to someone of that talent that's going to be on a new contract here starting soon, where all of those deals are going to be in the 40 millions probably per year. So that that in itself could not have gone any better. But I'd be a hypocrite if I wasn't sitting here telling you I was at Summer League last year and I'm watching Jalen Duren, who the Knicks essentially traded, to clear at that first-round draft pick to get the space available to go and pay Brunson. I'm sitting here watching him just out-rebound all of these no-name guys. I'm like, oh, my God, what have we done? And very rarely do these work where yep. you trade draft assets and future assets to clear space for free agents. That is a Knicks special. That is also a Sacramento Kings special. And they had the same type of feedback when they traded away almost a decade's worth of control over Tyrese Halliburton for just two years of DeMontis Sabonis, pretty much, or two yep. and change. And you're sitting here saying, oh, this is so short-sighted. Like, is better work out. And for both of those teams, I can't believe I'm saying it, but it did. So your original question is, you know, what's possible for Jalen? And he sure as hell proved that he can be the guy to win you a playoff series as the, the one that's taken those shots down the stretch and is in isolation and the team's looking around with eight seconds on the shot clock saying, SOS, save us. Who's that guy? You know, yeah. every great NBA team has that guy. And I saw enough from Jalen Brunson in that playoffs. That makes me think he could certainly be it, but they can't do it alone. So I think his potential 
the extracting of his potential and the Knicks franchise potential is going to be surrounding him with some pieces that more complement what he can do for you. Because as of this very moment, he, the, the Miami Heat just, they were too, that defense was just too much for even the great Jalen Brunson. Playing 48 minutes and trying to do everything he can to put that team on his back. We're talking with Rob Perez, Worldwide Wob, here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, here is the polarizing question of the day. What is your attitude on Julius Randle and his position with this team moving forward? Uh, complicated. Yeah. Just someone that just you're not married to them, but you're in a relationship, you're committed. There's there's a Vanderpump Rules comparison and analogy I want to make right now, but I don't know what the audience is. The with or without the scandal? Now, yeah, I mean, it involved Sandoval and Ariana, but I will, okay. save, I will save the people from it. So, yeah, yeah let me just put it into realistic terms here is I think Julius Randle is incredibly talented. He was the team's only all-star during the regular season when either Brunson didn't have it. Brunson was out of the lineup. Julius Randle would go out there for Tom Thibodeau minutes, 40-something plus on a Tuesday night against the Houston Rockets and go out there and give you 30, 10, and 5 when no one else had it that night. And he got the Knicks to the point that they didn't even have to participate in the playing tournament. Now, the Julius Randle that's many people, I guess, on the internet or just that that talk about the NBA will think of is the one that you would see after all those great things that he did that week against the Pistons where he set the multiple Knicks three-point records in one game. But nobody cared because it's a Tuesday night against the Pistons. Then right. you go on a back-to-back where you play, let's say, the Brooklyn Nets when they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And then you lose in dramatic fashion. That's, of course, what everyone's going to talk about. So I don't want to disregard everything that he's done for the Knicks franchise and what he's capable of. Because some of those shots that he takes, his favorite shot is going to the weak side, behind the basket, behind the backboard, and he goes to the weak hand and he fades away. And you watch that. And you are just sitting there saying, how on earth are you supposed to make one of these, let alone 10 that he takes? But it's his favorite shot. He goes to it, and he's, you know what, rather consistent. But now we get to the difficulty of shot and how the margin for error in Julius Randle's game is just so razor thin because of the difficulty that he almost self-inflicted, you know, puts on himself at times by slowing it down, going isolation. He struggles passing out of double teams. Therefore, he's got to take some really tough contested shots. And I'm, I'm kind of beating around what I want to get to in the answer here is that he may flourish maybe in a different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the pieces, if the chess pieces line up with the Knicks. I'm happy to have him back. And I love his commitment, his effort, and he truly cares. And he really is the epitome of blue-collar basketball, man, the way that he plays with bully ball. But I'm just wondering, what's the Knicks' ceiling if Julius Randle is not only one of the highest-paid players on the team, but is getting a usage percentage that is always first or second every single night? Would he be better off as a third catch-and-shoot kind of guy? Um, I don't know. And I don't know that he'll ever be that guy on the New York Knicks. Okay. You say that now, so let's look ahead to the summertime. I think we could both agree. I think we're in agreement that if the Knicks just adopted this philosophy of let's run it back with the same team, how are you improving upon this year? You know, at best, you're still probably hoping to win a round in the playoffs, and then that's it. You're still not going to be a championship-caliber team. If Rob Perez is the general manager, if he is Leon Rose of this franchise, what are you doing this summer? 
first things first, signing Josh Hart back. Anyway, anyhow possible. Right. I mean, my God, the number of 50-50 balls that that guy got, uh, his rebounding, his He's perfect for the team. I, there is, and he, he he wears number three too. I can't think of a player that's a very sacred number with the Knicks, Dan. And if you wear number three, you better play like John Starks. And while the volume of shooting is not there, just that gritty blue collar basketball. Oh my God! Like he's perfect. He's got to come back. He's going to opt out of his deal. He's going to get paid. End of story. Now the Knicks have a team option on Derrick Rose for about fifteen and a half million dollars, which they're going to decline. Evan Fournier is headed into. I wouldn't say legally or or when i say legally i mean collective bargaining agreement uh uh to his expiring contract year of 18.8 million yep. he has a team option in 2024 for 19 but obviously the team can dictate so it's the guaranteed money is on an expiring deal and if we're trying to free up space here to do something crazy because i know what i you know what i'm on the internet i'm online i see people wanting to trade julius randall for carl anthony Towns. And Timberwolves fans want to move on from Towns. Knicks fans want to move on from Randall. And if you move Fournier and Randall together, could you bring in Cat, who's making an obscene amount of money? I, I mean, he's going to be approaching 50 something million dollars per year here, if not already. So, what does that solve, though? Um, you're going to get a similar type of big that operates from the outside in. The ball sticks a little bit. Does that complement Jalen Brunson? I, I guess that's a conversation for another day. But for me, Moving forward, where did the Knicks lack this year? At the beginning of the season, going into the playoffs. For the first couple of months, they were almost dead last in three-point percentage, not only themselves, but conceding to their opponents, which means they got gashed by dribble penetration, driving kick, you have to help, and then the teams that you're playing just get wide-open threes because they're spacing the floor, and there's no defenders there. And as a result, the Knicks were given a ton of points back beyond that three-point line. They ultimately fixed that. They were one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA. So what I'm looking for is more complimentary 3 and D guys. You start with Josh Hart. I don't know how you can find them. Uh, potentially a, another microwave scorer alongside Jalen Brunson and Fred Van Vliet, if that's a thing. A, tr- a potential trade for Gary Trent Jr. up there in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Masai Jerry's looking to mix things up a little bit. But I'm looking to package Evan Fournier for sure. With the potential of Julius Randle, if you're in a major blockbuster deal category, but I'm not really in a rush outside of let's say Emmanuel quickly and Fournier. And since Rose is off the books, how many of these Knicks? I'll ask the question back to you. Would you consider to be untouchable? Right. With R.J. Barrett now that his extension kicks in, uh, he's not so much seen as a future piece. He's more of a well, he's getting paid now. So he better deliver on that, otherwise he's going to be a liability, right? So right, and the thing about it, the thing about quickly too, you mentioned him, and he can re-sign this summer. They can sign him to an extension, but if I'm IQ, I have to ask myself this question: Do I want to re-sign with the Knicks and play behind a Jalen Brunson, or see some of my opportunities, minutes, or whatever? have to take a hit because Brunson's on the team, or do I want to go someplace else, albeit even if it's a bad team, so I could take on more of a lead role? I think that he's going to have to only answer that question himself. And that can be seen as trade bait. So no one's just going to take Fournier despite having the ability to clear the books of $19 million. That's the benefit of taking on an expiring contract, no matter if they're good or not. Um, You would offer a manual quickly because you not only get quick, 
but you get the ability to control his contract for the additional five years in the extension. So you could have him for almost six years, I think, depending on the type of deal that he signs. Now that would get some interest. And if he's going to be stuck behind Jalen Brunson and he's going to be stuck behind Quentin Grimes, if he's going to be stuck behind whoever comes in in the future draft and or in free agency, he's very six man of the year runner up here. So this is like, if you're in the buy low, sell high, I don't know if the stock price is ever going to get any higher for IQ. And this is not, I don't like him. Uh, not at all. I, he was right. awesome. He carried the Knicks offense all year. And I'm, I'm certainly love to have him back. But if the goal here is a championship and understanding that the Knicks need some three and D guys and another microwave scorer in a backcourt to complement Jalen Brunson, because I don't know if Julius can be the microwave scorer that we're all looking for. Um, you're going to start dangling those names mentioned here. And who's the next disgruntled star in the NBA? There was Anthony Davis. There was Jimmy Butler. There's been James Harden. There was Kevin Durant. There's Kyrie Irving. Do you buy the Embiid stuff? What's that? You think there's any truth to the Embiid stuff? Do you think that that could possibly be light at the end of the tunnel? If Harden up and leaves Houston and Embiid may not want to be part of a rebuilding situation in Philly any longer, could he ask his way to New York? Not holding my breath whatsoever. And if Daryl Morey wouldn't trade him unless you offered – uh, well, that's your buddy, though. You and Daryl Morey are close. You've made acquaintances uh, frequently online. You know, I'm sure if you if, if you ask nicely, he knows you're a Nick guy. He'd help you out, wouldn't he? I, I play poker with Daryl Morey. He would laugh to the point that he falls out of his chair if I See? said you should trade the Knicks to LMB. <laughs> no, that's a fact. I mean, good luck. I, you would have to give him such a jaw-dropping offer, a godfather deal that just offer he can't refuse, that – that would be it would be it would cost you even more than what the Knicks paid for Carmelo Anthony when they could have just waited for him in free agency and they just gutted the entire team to bring one man in like that's you're talking about that times two because it's an MVP. All right, another minute here with Worldwide Wild Rob Perez. Uh, as far as the games that are still in progress right now, uh, there's three teams that are still left. Who do you think is going to be holding that trophy in a couple of weeks? Denver. Yeah, pretty pretty unanimously at this point, they are as I don't want to say flawless because I don't know if anyone's perfect. Otherwise, they wouldn't have lost any games. But watching these play, I picked against them in the first round, and they really struggled at the end of the regular season. Jokic was out of the lineup; he was hurt. They lost their momentum in the defense, and they just resurrected um, like a phoenix coming out of the ash uh, during these playoffs. And I can't find a single flaw in their rotation at any position. They have guys that can guard one through five. They all hit their punish threes. If you try and collapse on top of the Murray and Jokic pick and roll, Michael Porter Jr. went from being Bambi on ice with defense into now a legitimate defender that can protect the rim. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope's made his name being catch and shoot three and D guy. Uh, Jamal Murray's looking like the bubble. Jokic is still even somehow better than he was in his MVP reign. And the big question for them was, could they do it together when it mattered the most? You know, they're great individual talents, but there's only one ball, and they've arguably made them made each other better. Um, they are as flawless of a team as I've seen in a minute. And we go from the big three to the super team era in the past decade. And I yeah. was thinking about this. I was workshopping it. I'm like, what should we call this era? 
I was like, that should be the big three in D era because that's exactly the epitome of Denver Nuggets basketball. Yeah, it really is. And you know what? It's refreshing to see. It really and truly is. Um, Thanks for a couple of minutes tonight. I really appreciate it. I mean, I know you're a busy guy. It's tough to get a hold of you, especially during the season because you're so, you know, committed to the game and everything. So I figure a night off, who would be better to call than to come on the show? My old buddy who I haven't talked to in a while. So I thank you for giving me a couple of minutes tonight. When when are you going to grace us with your presence back east uh, anytime soon? Is that happening? I moved to California for a reason. It's 70 degrees. Gorgeous, it's sunny. I'm about to go play tennis. So you really me between my tennis match, yeah. Tennis? Yeah. How come we never played tennis when you were here? I didn't want to. Didn't want to hurt your feelings. I, you know what, my friend, I'm glad you said that in a public forum because the next time we are in the same zip code, we're playing tennis, and we'll see whose okay. feelings are hurt when it's all said and done. Sounds like a. Sounds like a challenge to me. No, it's it, it's a legit challenge. It's it's a double dare. How's that? Shake it in my booties. That's it, baby. Uh, again, thank you so much, and uh, we, we. I hope to see you in the same zip code uh, relatively soon. But uh, otherwise, enjoy your weekend here, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me. See you soon. All right, be good, bud. There is uh, Rob Perez, Worldwide Wob, Underdog Fantasy, giving a little NBA. So he said some cool things about the Knicks. Some ideas for the summertime. We get into that at 800-919-377. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Six, that is the telephone number. Also, when we come back, did you happen to hear the latest dig that a Scotty Pippen threw at a Pretty noteworthy former teammate of his. I think you know who we're talking about. Grasso Show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. AM from Publicans in Manhasset for a special pregame broadcast and music from Randy Zoo. Just steps away from Manhasset Station on the LIRR where after the show, crew is going to take the train to City Field and tailgate in Lot F. Before the matinee game, pregame party with Rick and Dave brought to you by New York Structural Steel Painting Contractors Association, the Window and Glass Dealers Association of New York, and Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Hope to see a ton of people out there on Thursday. Um, As a matter of fact, speaking of DNR, I'm actually on Monday morning going to be holding it down for the guys. So they decided to, you know, take the Monday holiday off. I said, you know, I'll, I'll work. I don't care. 
you know, it's quick, it's early in the morning, get in, get out. So I'll be holding it down for the guys Monday morning at 6 a.m. Look forward to that. It'll be me and Ray and have a good old time. I think RJ's off too, but we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll do what we usually do and, uh, you know, make the boys proud, as they say. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Bottom five in the Bronx. I think, you know, all things considered, Randy Vasquez, debut wasn't too bad. Doesn't quite make it through five innings. He goes four and two-thirds, gives up two runs, six punch-outs. The two runs responsible by way of a Juan Soto moonshot over 430 feet to right field for the game's only run. So 2 nothing San Diego, courtesy of a Soto two-run blast. Uh, the score right now midway through the game in the Bronx. Mets and the Rocks about to get underway in Colorado coming up in just a matter of minutes to begin that weekend series. But talking hoops, talking a little NBA. Remember, Eastern Conference Finals resumes tomorrow night at game number six down in Miami between the Celtics and the Miami Heat. And thanks to my buddy Worldwide Wob for hopping on the program and talking some NBA. All, all kidding aside, it's just he's he, he, if, if you don't follow him and I mean, the guy's got over a million followers for crying out loud online, but I mean, he, he literally is just married to the game. And, and, I mean, this is all throughout the season. I mean, even when he lived here for crying out loud, and we used to work together and do a television show together. And, hey, you want to go hang out, get a bite? After? No, I, I can't. Got to go home and I got to, you know, watch uh, Orlando, Indiana at 7 o'clock. Like, he, he literally is on top of every friggin' game in the league for the entire season. He's dedicated to his craft. But... Good to be able to get him on the show. Neil and Wayne up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Neil, good evening. How are you? Hey, Dan. How's it going? What's up, Neil? How's things? Uh, things are good. Things are good. Just uh, enjoy the weekend. But, you too. Uh, anyway, I wanted to call about um, what are possibilities of getting Chris Osprezigas back in New York? You really want to? Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, I, I think you kind of offer the same things Randall does. He's not the volume score that Randall is. But he's also not the uh, black hole that Randall is with the ball as well. I think he would actually fit in with the system better. My ideal would be Brandon Ingram. I would love to have Brandon Wing Ingram on the w on the wing, uh, trading R.J. Barrett for Ingram. But um, I I wouldn't mind getting Brzezinski back. To be honest with you, I I also wouldn't mind. Uh, I'm a Jets fan. I also wouldn't mind getting Donald or uh, or Gino back in the, in the Jets uniform. I have a thing for. Homegrown players, but you got you got to think for nostalgia. That's what you got, Neil. You got you right, to think right. for the, the past. I got the number berries. Shot for reference here. <laughs> I I I don't look. Here's the thing about KP. He's got a player option, by the way, for next season for a lot of money, and I don't know if he's going to decline it. I mean, it all comes down to how coveted would he be on the open market if he goes to free agency? Is he going to be able to get a contract for, you know, money that would satisfy him? I don't know. If I'm the Knicks, I, I got to be honest with you, I think it would be a situation of been there, done that. You know, when you talk about Porzingis, you're always talking about somebody who's an injury-prone player. Now, he played like in over 60 games this year, which for him, you might as well give him the Ironman Award because I think that's as good <laughs> as it's ever going to get for him. But before that, that I remember the previous couple of years, like, you know, he, he's always messed up. You could pencil him down to miss like 30 games a year. I just think, you know what, it was fun while it lasted. You got the old memories you could watch on YouTube. I, I don't think that that's a hole the Knicks want to go down. How about Brendan Ingram? What do you think? I like him, him a lot. 
I like Ingram okay. a lot. The problem is I don't know what direction New Orleans is going in. Like, we, I, we talked about this a little while ago. Like, I know that Zion's under contract, but is Zion really going to be a part of that team long term? Like, it was so sketchy at the end of the year. The guy's out there in the layup lines doing windmill dunks, and yet he says he can't play because he doesn't feel right. He doesn't feel like Zion. What the it's hell are they time. doing there? It's a different time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally – you know what? I, do, I, don't feel, I don't feel like Zion either, Neil. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like Zion either, but I came to work tonight because I had to. How about that? But can you do windmill dunks, though? I, you know what? It depends. If we have one of those Nerf rims that's maybe like four feet tall, I'll give you a windmill dunk. Go as good it, as anybody's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad. Thanks for the thanks for the call, Dad. Neil, appreciate you. You get back to us here. I, I, it's such a weird situation in New Orleans. You know, the crummy part about it would be, and not that you know we should care about what happens with the Pelicans or anything like that. That's in New Orleans. That's their problem. But like, you think about them and how they're trying to build a franchise. Years ago, they hit the lottery and they got Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was supposed to be a guy who was a generational-type player. Franchise player, you get him, you're on your way for years to come. And what happens? Anthony Davis, when the time came for him to maybe re-up and get another contract, now, he did a little bit more diplomatically than other guys do, but he went to the organization and said, hey, guys, I'm not going to re-sign with you when I'm a free agent after next year, so you might as well do what's best for the organization and trade me and get as much back as you can. So he at least did that. He did them a solid, but you lose a guy like that, you know, somebody who was supposed to probably spend close to his whole career there. All right, they move on from Anthony Davis, and now you hit the lottery again, and you get Zion. And even though you signed them to an extension, but can you really sit here, and if you had to bet your life on it, that Zion's going to finish his career in New Orleans? No, of course not. Like, nobody knows what the hell is going on there. And I think the only way you would be able to pry Ingram away from them is if they decide to really tear this thing down, which would mean Zion and everything else that isn't bolted down. That's what I would think. But I'm not David Griffin. I couldn't answer that question for you. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Let us say hi to Lonnie and Harlem. Up next on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, how are you? How you doing, Dan? Hi, Jill. Uh, hi, uh, Chantel and Julian. Um, so, yeah, Dan, it's funny... <laughs> It's funny, right before you said you were going to come on for Dave and Rick, I was sitting here like, oh, on Monday I get to sleep a little late. I don't got to wake up, you know. But, I mean, either way for you, it's not a problem. Of no, course, if I got if I got to be up, you got to be up. That's how this thing works on Monday. If I'm getting up, you're I, getting up. Everybody else is getting up. It's like a regular day. That's the rules. I'm sorry, but those are what they are. Of course. Like I said, I don't got a problem doing that, especially if it's for you. you know what there I mean? you go. You, you, make this, you make this show in those those four hours very entertaining, I'm sure. Hopefully we get some Mayor Quimby within those four hours. We'll um, get anything. We're, we're yeah. going to throw it all out there. You know, it's, it's, it's a holiday. We'll get a little goofy. We'll do some Quimby. We'll, you, ne- you never know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. You said, <laughs> and, then you said, and then you said Ray will be, be with you. So, you know, some gave all. And then, uh, of course, some all will give all. And then uh, once again, shout out to the company. But yeah, I just called in because you said, I don't know if you know yet, because I know you said Memorial Day weekend is getting close to that time frame. So I don't know if you know your answer yet, but Dan, of course, you know yet. Your invite is always still out there. It would be great to see if you. Yeah, um, I, you know what, Lonnie? I'm you glad you. I'm, I'm glad you called because I, I'm not going to be able to make it out because I have to be actually at Florham Park. I got to swing by the Jets that day and do something for them. 
All right, now, this is how you can make it up and not come in. Mm-hmm. As long as you – if you could get – I was going to say, if you could get Aaron Rodgers to say shout-out to the company, <laughs> that would be great. But I'm not even going to ask all of that. But, yeah, I mean, that's what I called in for. But I also called in to talk about Aaron Boone and the Yankees. Um, to me – I don't know. I think Aaron needs to calm down a little bit because didn't he? I know he literally just got that, like that heart thing put in not too long ago, and you know I don't want any you know him doing all of that, getting all you know aggravated and stuff like that. I don't want anything to happen to him. Like you know what, what happened with Damari Carroll on the football field and stuff like that, and seeing how his heart stopped and just you know being hit, and seeing how Aaron Boone already has you know little heart issues. I just want him, you know, he needs to calm down. I know it fires up his team and things like that, you know, uh, makes, it shows that, you know, that, that you're behind your players and all of that, but he needs to calm down and relax. And at the end of the day, we still need a manager. And if he's not on the, you know, in the dugout um, doing what we, what we need him to do because he's having heart issues, because he's constantly screaming at him. And, you know, and to me, I mean, can't they see that he did not mean to spit on the, the, the umpire? So for him to really get suspended for that, I mean, I really think he got suspended for obviously getting kicked out for the, you know, from all these games and stuff like that. But I mean, when you like, when you talk sometimes, it's the suspense tends to fly out. So, well, I and, and, I, and, and, and Lonnie, you know what I think it was? I, I like I said, by the letter of the law, and at least what baseball wrote in that punishment letter. It's because he's been mm-hmm. kicked out of games now three out of the last ten times. I mean, like you're not doing anybody good in, in a way. It's kind of embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to be you're supposed to be the adult in charge. You know, you're the manager. Like you can't you can't just keep getting run, especially like in the first few winnings of games. It's it's kind of a joke at this point. And that's the problem. And that's why I think like sometimes I was thinking like at first I was like, okay, maybe he's doing this to fire up, you know, the dugout, get the you know, get the guys more involved so that he's behind him and stuff like that. But now it's getting to the point where like I said, it's just like, all right, come on, Aaron, you gotta you know, and like you said, I think you said it earlier. He's like, you don't want you don't want him to come off as the you know the complainer because then now all the umps is gonna sit there and be like, oh well, you know, don't do this because then you know in the third 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 the third inning, Aaron's gonna come up to you and start screaming and da 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 da. Like that's not what you want. At the end of the day, you just want a fair baseball game. You don't want either side to get no calls that the other side is getting, obviously. But if he if he continues to do this, I don't know, like. All the low ball pitches that Judge already gets now called the strike. Who knows? Just because they know Aaron might do something, it'll be easier for them to just kick him out because they know he's going to, you know, uh, get his blood pressure up. He just needs to calm down and just be the manager that I know he can be, that we all know he can be. And, like, I don't know if Alan, I don't know if you heard Allen this morning or early this morning. Me, personally, I don't mm. ever go for the manager's job and say, oh, the manager needs to do this. Why didn't he know this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And just like I, just like Alan earlier, callers need to stop calling in and saying that. Like it's not like he knew Cortez was gonna go out there and play around with the first batter, and then we we had a crap inning. Like all of that happens. The managers don't necessarily know. They have the feel. They say they look at their, their players. They say, okay, I'm I'm believing you. I have the faith in you. And sometimes the, you know the players let us down. We all gotta blame the players. We can't keep constantly blaming the managers. Dan, I done what I came to done. Love you, man. Lon, be good. Appreciate the call. Here, here's the thing again with, with, with the boon and the ejections. If I'm Cashman, if I'm the front office, I'm stepping in at this point and having a conversation with him. 
You know, because it comes back to, like, what are we paying you for? Like, what, why are we here? Why do we have you as the manager? Like, we have you here as the manager because we want you in the dugout for nine innings because there's going to be sit- – there are more important situations that are bound to crop up over the duration of a baseball game once you get to the mid-innings, the late innings, when you got to make pitching changes, you got to decide, you know, to make lineup ch- uh, choices, whether it's pinch hitting, you know, sacrifice guys over. Like, you know, strategy that impacts a game, especially late innings. So do you really think that it's worth it? To get run, like something that happens in either the first inning, the second inning, or the third inning is going to determine the outcome of a baseball game that's going to rile you up so much that you're going to get ejected. And this has happened on a couple of occasions just this week, in less than a week. I mean, enough is enough. That's why I think, you know, in in a backhanded way, Major League Baseball could be doing doing them a favor. Like, all right, man, enough's enough. Take a step back. Think about what the hell you're doing. Chill out and resume your season. If you're a manager, you're a coach, like I said, you're imparting it onto your players to show restraint, to show composure and stuff like that, but yet you're the one that's getting run all the time? And at this rate, at least the last 10 games, once every three games, who is that helping? 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls, and we'll get into the latest eye-opening comments by one Scotty Pippen. Grasso Show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mets out to a 2-0 lead in Colorado. Francisco Lindor with a two-run shot in the top of the first. So 2-0 Amazons. Yanks trailing the Padres. Oh, now 4-0 in the sixth inning. As this time it was Fernando Tatis Jr. with a two-run shot. So a Tatis two-run blast, a Soto two-run blast. The offense for the Padres this evening. Let's go back to the phone. Say hi to Zach in New Jersey, who was up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Zach, how we doing? Good, good. How's it going tonight? Ready for the uh, long holiday weekend? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Let me tell you. How about you? What's going on, Zach? <laughs> well, I wanted to bring it back to the Knicks. I know everyone yeah. keeps talking about trading for Carl Anthony Towns potentially, uh, but I'd love if the Knicks actually took a look at Anthony Edwards. You look at the situation that the Timberwolves are in, they could mm-hmm. lose Cat. They could lose uh, Edwards is going to be a restricted free agent in a year. He's 21 years old. He might not want to stay in Minnesota forever. And Minnesota traded all their picks away. They've traded five picks to get Rudy Gobert. I love it. The Knicks haven't drafted well for years. Why not trade picks and players and get an Anthony Edwards and pair him in the backcourt? Then you have this young, dynamic backcourt for years to come and a great two-way player. I love that the Knicks actually took that shot. 
Zach, I listen, you're preaching to the choir. In a perfect world, I would do that tomorrow. I'd drive to Minnesota myself on my day off, and I would bring Anthony Edwards back. But the problem is I can't see Minnesota doing that. I think they're more inclined to move Carl Anthony Towns and to build around Anthony Edwards. Anthony, remember, Anthony Edwards, you just said it. He's 21 years old, made the all-star team for the first time last year. He's only going to get better. They're ready to turn things over to him and I think build this thing around him. I really and truly believe that. So I, I, I think he's untouchable, if you ask me. So you think he'll sign long-term? I mean, he, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to make money in New York, the guy's already been in movies. He was in that, that, uh, that movie with Adam Sandler. So... He might want to be a New York guy. He might like, you know, and if you listen to him talk, he's great in front of the media, too. So he might he might love that New York spotlight. But I don't think I don't think playing in New York, for example, Zach, and I thank you for the phone call, my man. Like, I don't think that's going to open up any extra doors for him in Hollywood. Like you just said, he was in the Adam Sandler movie already. He was playing for Minnesota. You know, the Timberwolves are not exactly a national brand, but yet he still found his way into the movie. What was the name of that movie, guys? The, the, it, it was the one on Netflix, right, where he was the basketball scout. What the hell was the name? Because I still haven't watched it yet. Oh, it was just not, it, it was from last year, right? Supposed to be pretty good, too. He worked for like the, what was it? Hustle. That's it. I need to hustle to actually go check out the movie. Now, I just think it, unless, and I haven't heard otherwise, unless Anthony Edwards is conveyed to, you know, A-Rod and the powers that be there with the Timberwolves behind closed doors that he's not going to sign long-term, well, then it's open season. But for now, I, I would think that that is a guy they want to build around. I mean, he is, I would say, in another two, three years, we're probably looking at, and talking about Anthony Edwards as maybe being like a top five, uh, not, not five, I would say a top ten player in the NBA, just being conservative. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We roll on. Still got to get into some football. And the latest on the DeAndre Hopkins front, as well as it maybe pertains to both the area locals. Grasso Show till 10 right here on 9870 ESPN.